Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to THP Radio. I'm your host, JB, and today we have a special edition of the Golf Industry Uncut. Well, it's sort of the Golf Industry Uncut. It's also Golf Unfiltered. Think delicious peanut butter cups where the chocolate and peanut butter find out that they're even tastier together. Since we have the weird covered already, let me introduce the co-host for the special edition, and that is Adam from Golf Unfiltered. How are you? I'm good, JB. It's nice to speak with you again after a few months, I believe. It has been quite a while. Now, I've been following on social media, and I've been reading about this change in focus at Golf Unfiltered. Can you kind of tell everybody about that? Sure. And, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, there's a few changes that I like to throw into the website, golfunfiltered.com, as well as the podcast. And listeners and readers of the site and followers of mine have seen that I've done this over the years. But recently, I had this, I don't know, epiphany, so to speak, of why not just focus on what commonly connects all golfers and those who come to my site and that is golf equipment and i love as you know jb i love talking to my listeners in the podcast you and i have met over social as well as collaborated on a few things and you've been on the show and i felt why not just make the podcast the focal point of golf unfiltered and so that's what i'm going to do and so as listeners or readers go to golfunfiltered.com they're going to see a few changes they're going to see a new look in the website but they're also going to see the glaring, obvious thing of the podcast front and center. And I definitely want to talk more about my experience with golf equipment. I have the opportunity to test a good amount. And I also want to talk a little bit more just about the, the relationship between golf equipment, the relationships that people build while playing golf, and really my journey as I try to find what's best for my game. That's actually pretty interesting. I'm a pretty enthusiast i would call it of golf equipment before we go on i do want to tell everybody you and i are getting together and we're gonna have a huge contest later on so they're not going to want to miss later on in the show we're going to force them to hear us out for the first you know few minutes of it before we get to that though nice nice i like we just kind of put that teaser out and then uh you know let's let's stick around and see what we got in the store you mentioned that there's a change and change is fun and i'm a fan of changes i know not everybody is you're an equipment guy I'm an equipment guy. I think most golfers, to an extent, more than most sports, are equipment people. What has your equipment journey been like? It's been layered, and it's been confusing, and at times even a little disheartening. But, you know, I've fluctuated throughout my, my playing life, I guess you can say, around, you know, probably a 10 to an 11 handicap. And it took me a while to get to that level, but I've never really understood how I got there, if that makes sense. And I always just attributed it to... I think you make certain scores. Yeah, you make certain scores. You play golf and you try to get that ball in the hole. But I don't understand 
or I haven't understood really until recently why or how the equipment was helping me do that. And, you know, you or hurting find, you or hurting me in that matter. And on that point, you might find this hard to believe, JB, but I hadn't ever been fitted for any golf clubs, period, up until just last year. That's unique. It, it is. That's one way to put but, it. But, you know, it's not uncommon. As somebody who has a tour van and we have a GC quad, it's actually sitting next to me charging. Uh, so if you hear a weird hum or I fall over, it's because of the radiation or something. I don't know. Um, I find it to be the best device out there. But I'll go and meet with golfers almost every other day and just hit golf equipment, have them test things and things like that. And most haven't been. And we actually just did this really fun test. It's a contest going on. This show's going up tonight. We're doing a quick turnaround. This is Thursday for those listening on Friday or whatever. Friday, we'll have the winner announced. We actually just did a contest, speaking of fitting, where we took a 1992 Wilson Whale persimmon wood with a graphite shaft Beauty. and tested it had against the current Callaway Epic. And hmm. neither were fit. Both were nine degrees. Both played the stock stiff graphite shaft. And we put them on a monitor for 10 swings each, alternating between the two. Mm. And we asked people to tell us how much the difference would be in carry distance. And it was pretty shocking. Really? I actually thought it would be closer than what it was. Um, because this is going out now, I have no problem saying what that is. I actually saw one ball. And we, we didn't allow a topped ball. And we didn't. We only had one out of all 10 testers do that. We didn't allow that, that shock. But we did allow miss hits and things like that. And there was one guy who had a 70-yard difference. Wow. Between the old 1992 club and the new. Correct. Correct. And what we found is, you know, a lot of people say, well, on the button, it's going to be similar. And that's actually not true either. But going back this far, it, it wouldn't be. But when you get to like the area of year 2000 where core became, you know, that's the precursor to CT that they use now. You might say that on the button they'd be pretty close, but man, the miss hits by even half a quarter of an inch to half an inch were so big in the testing and so big in testing throughout even current drivers. You can see a pretty big difference, but we saw one, a, a really good golfer. He's a three handicap. His swing speed's about a hundred miles an hour mm -hmm. and we were taping the driver and he missed both in a row about a half inch towards the toe. The Wilson Whale lost 90 yards from wow. his regular carry distance, and the Callaway Epic lost 16 yards. <laughs> See, and that's that's really interesting because it's funny you mention about just the forgiveness factor. And as time has gone on and as I've played more golf, and I'm sure you've seen this too, you never actually know if that equipment that you're using is best for your bad swings. And it's interesting because if, if you've only got – if you've got that tight tolerance or that tight variation – uh, and I have a lot of bad swings. <laughs> and I do too, sir. Believe me. Uh, you're never going to see exactly what clubs are going to be not only there to improve your game overall from a swing perspective, but also give you the truest, I don't know, output from the, the quality of your strike. I mean, and there's two ways of thinking about that, isn't there? I mean, some people who like to play the thinner clubs, the thinner blades, for example, if you're talking about irons, some people believe that that's going to make you a better ball striker because you have to be in order to hit those well. I, I don't know if I subscribe to that theory. I tend to agree with you, and I've heard this a lot, that you, you're going to grow into it or it'll make you better. Now, I'm not a big believer in that. 
I will say that I understand the merits, which is I need to know where I, my miss is. And I think if you go back 10 years ago with some of the larger oversized irons, it was hard to tell where the miss was. Right. But one of the common mistakes or misnomers, I guess you would say, about golf equipment is that forgiveness is about ball speed and things like that. And those are all true. But when you move to a thinner muscle back iron, what you are doing is increasing the spin on those irons. Right. Because that's how you work the ball and flight the ball. And that's what, you know, the best players in the world need. So if someone is not working the ball or manipulating ball flight in any way, something with less spin will help them more. And I know you always hear, well, it's not going to hold the greens. And it's just not the case. Um, you hear it a lot, but it, it's really not the case. You can hold the greens with just about anything because it's based on trajectory. Mm-hmm. And if a person is hitting the ball well and fit regardless of spin, the peak height of their ball will be similar from driver to pitching wedge. Another misnomer where people think that the pitching wedge would go higher. But here's a question for you that I have because we were just talking about you got fit for the first time. When you were fit, were you fit for your best strikes or were you fit overall for all strikes? That's a great question, and actually it was the latter. I, I went to a really good club fitter in town, uh, club champion, you've probably heard of them, and they walked me through an entire process of just swing the club, let's take a look at your data, and let's see what club uh, club head, club shaft, grip, combination will help you be a little bit more consistent, and not so much the left-to-right consistency, but certainly the short-to-long, because that's speaking of you know, misconceptions, a lot of people want to just see that ball go straight, but really distance control and the consistency and where that ball's going to land uh, either short or long or where you want it to land is really the most important factor. And so they allowed me to, I learned more during that club fitting about golf, and I've been playing for 20-something years now, than I ever had previously. It was just an amazing experience. And uh, the what I ended up walking out with was a, a set of irons that I never thought I would ever be quote unquote good enough to play, which I guess kind of leads to another misconception that you have to be of a certain playing caliber to play a certain level of clubs. End of the day, numbers don't lie. No, and at the same time, I would make the same case that says people should play whatever the hell they want to. Amen to that. Uh, you know, I we we were talking before we started this that. Golf is fun, and if a brand or a certain club makes you smile when you look down at it, play it. Who gives a shit? Right. You know, if a, if a score difference is going to be three strokes, let's say, and you're a hardcore golfer trying to get to a certain number, I understand going with saying that performance is what matters. If it's not and you're a weekend guy like me and you want to play, play whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. You and I have a different approach to this, though, because I am a play what's best for me kind of guy at the same time, play whatever you want to kind of guy. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird dynamic in my head because I've only played golf a few times this year so far, but I do go to the range almost every other day. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've played the same set twice because I'm always just messing with stuff. And it's probably the worst thing you can do. The only <laughs> thing I've done is I found a driver at the beginning of this year and I've tested against every driver out there and it's, continually been longer for me um especially on miss hits so that's that's kind of where i've been but we do have a it, it is a dynamic of you got a really good fitting where they fit not just for that best shot but also everything but the last fitting i got and i won't say the company because mm-hmm. i thought it was very poor um but it rhymes with golf tech um <laughs> 
and to be fair to Golf Tech, I've had multiple fittings from them that have been very good. This mm-hmm. one just wasn't. Right. It it was. Uh, we're gonna fit you for your best swings, and while that's great, I really dialed in irons when I'm hitting them well. Man, when I missed, it was like the worst irons I've played in years. That's amazing and, that they would do that though. Like to just give me your best shots, and then I'm gonna. Yeah, like I would hit. I I would hit a bunch of balls with uh, a six and a seven iron. And they would eliminate any poor strikes hmm. because they were fitting for, you know, the launch angle and a, a spin rate. And I'm just like, man, I, I as a guy who does this, I really strongly disagree, but I'm going to let them go through it. Right. And in the end, you know, the irons, were, the iron heads were great, um, but the tweaks they made were very much for my best swings and not overall. And I found the same thing when they did the driver, which they fit me for a shaft that really was not the best shaft for me, especially when I get later on in a rounds and I'm a pretty lazy guy in general, so I get kind of tired. It just wasn't the right fit. <laughs> in data, we call that cherry picking. It's basically what they did. In, in Correct. We it, yeah. see that a lot on the internet, people picking out certain statistics to make a point rather yeah. than the whole topic. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the industry landscape. Um, you're a guy who works with golf equipment companies. I am as well. You're looking at the equipment industry since we're talking about it. What is your like highs and lows that you're seeing right now? Well, I think the biggest issue, maybe issue is a strong word, but I'll use it anyway, is the narrowing gap from one driver to the next in terms of performance. And I think, uh, I, you know, if there was a hashtag for this episode, it might be misconceptions. But another misconception, after all the people I've spoken to in the industry that actually do this for a living, they they all agree, for the most part, that driver distance isn't the biggest thing anymore that people should be looking at. It's consistency and, and keeping your ball on the fairway is really what a lot of these, uh, you know, the, with the MOI adjustments and the, and the center of gravity adjustments, it's all helping players to, you know, kind of control that gear effect off the driver face to keep it a little bit straighter. But everyone still kind of focuses in on the big, sexy thing you know, data point, which is distance. But unfortunately, and I've seen this in my testing, I play a driver now that isn't the industry leader, quote unquote, but it is certainly up there. It's been getting a lot of fanfare and I hit it longer than any other club out there. So, you know, does that mean that I'm different than anyone else or is this just performing? Well, you're different. Oh, <laughs> believe me, uh, I've been told that. <laughs> so I, I guess my, my counterpoint to that would be you can fit for everything you can't just take additional ball speed. That's a good point. I mean, any driver, for example, that you want to name, that you put out there, you're absolutely right. You can fit that to hit the specs that you want to hit. Correct. The issue, But you though, can't just add ball speed. No, you cannot. And that's, that's the point of what technology goes into that club head, which I will agree that one brand to the next, there are others that are doing it differently and in my opinion better than others i I would agree with you now what we've seen over the last couple of years is the buzzword of low spin but everybody's low spin now um which is a remarkable trait i mean if you think back five years ago and you've been doing this close to the same length i have everybody said that low spin was unforgiving and drivers were maxed out and now look at i mean if you go back even five years the drivers that were being used and you put them side by side you are twice as forgiving, at least, longer, better and every single measurable metric out there. And that's with CT being maxed out. So 
I think that there's a number of ways to get to a certain point. I do believe that there are differences from driver to driver. Now, whether or not a person sees those differences, again, up to them. They have to at least try everything. Right. And then I'll make the point again that people should play what they want. And if it's a different brand or a different club or because they like the look, the color or whatever it is, they can get fit for that. I agree. And, uh, you know, what's interesting, though, about about any piece of equipment, when we typically talk about equipment and when the, the average Joe or average Jane starts talking about golf equipment, they right away turn to clubs and, you know, the driver's usually the first club they think of, which is why I brought it up in, in my answer. But when you and I spoke in a podcast context the first time, you even brought up the point that people need to be paying attention to that golf ball a little bit more. Very much so. I have a question for you. Do you know anybody named Jane? Uh, you know, I don't, actually. I don't either. We always say that, you know, Joe or Jane, but I don't think I know anybody named Jane. I think I only know one Susie, too. I don't know why that name just popped in my head. Yeah, that's bizarre. It is. Um, going back to your question, yeah, I would agree. I, I think that we're everybody can get measured now. You can get measured at a launch monitor just about anywhere. I think that if, if you look at the entire landscape of the golf equipment industry, could you imagine a company come out and say, yeah, we're shorter, but we're straighter? They wouldn't sell any drivers. No, they wouldn't. It's not the right buzzword. They, nobody wants to be shorter. Nobody wants to even put themselves in that category of, of being, uh, quote unquote, made fun of by their their golf buddies. So I, you know, I think timing is a big thing now with golf club releases. I think when Titleist released the nine seventeen line, the timing was perfect. They kind of beat most of the other companies to the punch. I mean, it was no surprise that's their normal release date, and they the Titleist uh, Thursday fittings are fantastic. Uh, you can go get fit from a professional and dial in that driver. Then January rolled around, and I believe Callaway Epic was ever on everybody's radar. And obviously, the sales numbers kind of backed that up, along with just about every test that I've seen out there. Uh, now we're hearing with the Ping G400 that there, there's new technology there as well, mm -hmm. um, which is good because their last release fell a little flat, but the one before that was uh, very popular. Um, so I do think the release schedule plays a pretty big role here if you take the brand loyalists from name your company out of the equation. Do you think do you think that a brand can come out right now or January or whatever and trump everything that's been out or do you think it's purely a marketing thing? Well, that's essentially the story of PXG. They come out of nowhere. They they uh, have this flashy marketing background or they have this uh, flashy marketing campaign and they're trying to to fit in in a highly saturated market and so to your point i mean really it's just a matter of the big oems catching up with one another every so often you'll have one of the boutique brands such as mira which just came out with another set of uh, uh fantastic looking irons a series of them but then all of a sudden we have this a new brand that emerges in pxg and they're doing pretty darn well for themselves they are. They they don't have to sell a lot of equipment to get fantastic margins, and they did it by signing a bunch of tour players. I mean, the high price thing isn't new. We saw that from Zexio and Mira and a, and a number of others for a number of years, uh, Hanma being another one and probably at the head of the class. But we have seen that from PXG, and they signed a bunch of tour players, and they've done well with with that. I don't think the numbers are where they want them to be. I think they're headed towards that this year, and we're going to see a slight increase. 
going back to your take on the golf ball, I don't think people pay enough attention to it. Now, a perfect example is the Costco ball. It came out and it was all the rage and people were like, oh, well, it's as good as this one. Well, if you're going to spend $500 on a driver to eke out, let's say, let's say a good, good difference, 10 yards. Why wouldn't you do it for a $40 golf ball and that you could make just as big a difference, if not more with? Great question. And part of that is the fact that people, in my, I don't know, I don't know the real reason, JB, but I, I would imagine that it's people don't want to lose that investment and they, they will just plainly see their pro V flying into a lake and they, they view that as, as an opportunity cost. But really it's, it's, it's a red herring because to your point, if you're going to spend money on anything, first and foremost, I would say, go get lessons. Secondly, I would say, go get fit. And third, go get neither of those are as fun as golf equipment. No, neither of them are. And neither of them are, you know, let's be honest. Neither of them are readily available to the consumer's, in the consumer's eye as going out and just buying something off the rack. I actually have to go make an appointment to go get fit. I have to go make an appointment and call somebody, then hope that they're a good pro to teach me. So I'll ask you a question like this. Let's say your wife comes into the room and says, Adam, you're fat. (laughs) It would be Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, you know, it's time we lose weight. And she's really saying we, but she means you. And she says, you have a choice. You can either go on this diet where you eat kale each night for dinner as she sits there and eats chocolate chip cookies, Mm. or here you go. Here's something new and shiny they just came out with. All you do is you wrap it around your waist like a belt and you go to work and you lose the weight. Which one are you going to (laughs) choose? You're going to take the the easy way out. Right. It's no different than Apple or Toyota or any other consumer brand. You know, it's funny you bring that up because this goes into a concept – that we don't have to spend too much time in, but it just talks about what does improvement mean and what method do you take to get there? And, you know, there are some that want to get that breakthrough improvement of buying that flashy belt that you put around your waist to lose weight right away. Or the analogy to that would be to go and take one lesson from a, uh, from some pro that you've never met in your life and hope that's going to, you know, ail all uh, fix all the things that ail you in your swing. But then the other line of thought is you have to do this daily and you have to make small incremental improvements every single day and people don't want to do that especially weekend hackers which might contribute to what we were talking about in regard to you know what's the easy thing to purchase and what's the first thing people are going to look at off of a rack in terms of equipment to give them that boost in their game and right away they think distance so they're going to go grab that $500 driver walk right past the golf balls that might with the equipment they already have in their bags, give them an advantage that they would have never even known about. There's some brands out there that have proven to us that golf is a game of social credit, and what you have in the bag matters just as much as the score you shoot. Mm. And I am one of those people who's a thousand percent supportive of that. That's interesting. I, I like I said, the I measure my rounds by the smile on my face I have at the end. If looking down at that brand or that equipment or anything else makes me happy. Perfect example. Let's say last round I went out and I shot a 76. Mm-hmm. I'd be lying because I would have stopped at 16 holes. But let's just say that I shot a 76. Do you think three months from now I remember the bad shot? Or do you think I remember that one shot that really brought me back? Oh, you remember the thing that's bringing you back. Yeah. yeah. So to the me, golf it's like. The hope that you do too. 
yeah. So to me, it's like if the equipment makes me smile, I'm I'm good with it. I have a question for you. So you said that you try to get out to the range at least every other day. You don't play as often as you do, but as you want to. Correct. But you, but you get out to the range at least every other day. Do you? You're a guy that tests a lot of different equipment. You said you don't play the same set of clubs twice in a row most times. Not by choice, but I mean that 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 is normally the way. I'm literally looking right to my right, and mm-hmm. there are seven boxes that haven't been opened yet, and 46 clubs. The only reason I know that exact number is I counted right before the show that are <laughs> getting ready to be tested. So, do you get more enjoyment out of practicing or playing? Playing, really? Yeah, I'm not a practice guy. See, I am. I'm the opposite. And there, it's usually one or the other. To me, the social environment of, of playing with guys who like to socialize on the course, and I don't by socializing mean like get drunk or anything like that. I just mean have a good time. I'm a take the game seriously but still have fun conversation and smile the whole time and have laughs. That's the way I describe my game. So practice to me is going to the range to me is more of a it's my job, and I go and get other people to hit on the, the GC quad from Foresight and test out new gear do some comparisons so I can talk about it intelligently, despite what people think. And uh, that that's that part. I'm not that guy who goes and like works on swing flaws because and I'd be there all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that guy that watches YouTube at night trying to figure out the next thing I'm going to go to the range the next day and try. And I just you can imagine just the frustration that that abounds. And part of that could be the different golf seasons we have, too. You know, I'm a 12-month-a-year golfer, and you live in Illinois. Right, and I uh, I play probably three months out of the year. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's tough. Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that they can discuss these topics and all the topics on the THB forum with thousands of golfers every single day. And, of course, you can follow, discuss, debate, and interact on Twitter, at THP Golf and at Golf Unfiltered. And both Adam and I are always here to take questions and have a friendly debate, or sometimes not so friendly. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what's in the bag. We do it for tour pros, and right now, you and I are the hosts of the show, so you're the tour pro. What's in your bag now? Because it's changed a lot. It has changed a lot. Um, I never had the opportunity, or really the desire, to be honest with you, to play the same brand throughout my bag, and I'm getting closer to doing that in this journey to, of mine to find what's best for me right now from, would you call that a journey to better? <laughs> I like that. I like how you teed that up. Wow. We're just throwing puns all over the place. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right now my driver is this Rixon Z uh, five sixty five. It's phenomenal. Love it. Absolutely hit it longer or as long as any other driver I've tested, which to get back to something I said earlier was interesting to me. Um, to go along with that, uh, well, I also still hold on to my trusty Mira HB3 uh, hybrid. Um, I can hit that thing in a in a pressure situation. I can uh, pretty much put that right down the pipe whenever I need to. Uh, I just have to be smart enough to remember to pull that from the bag. But uh, my irons now have also gone to Srixon, uh, away from what I was playing previously. Uh, and I'm hitting the uh, the Z765s. And I finally, to get back to the club fitting comment, I finally got those suckers specced out to what I needed. And I'm playing graphite shafts, JB. How weird is that? Not to me, because I play graphite shafts. But um, to a lot of people, yes. It's it's an interesting thing. And I, I had never had uh, graphites. And these are the uh, the Miyazaka uh, 
stocks that come in with oh the the Miyazaki, Miyazaki uh, Kaula yeah. exactly Kaula. exactly uh, burnt orange or burnt sienna from my old crayon days. <laughs> um, I don't know why I never worked a crayon and never really played with crayons, but um, that color and they got the flex code down there. And if you're playing stiff, it's uh they're they're pretty stiff. That that's what I'm I'm playing at this point. And then I round things up with my uh, my Mira forged wedges. I kept those in the bag, um, and I'm using the uh, Cleveland Huntington Beach, I believe number six is the putter that I'm using. I, I love that that putter, and it's something I think is going to stay in my bag for quite some time. My bag is very different than your bag. Let's hear about it. Your bag would be Internet Golfer, <laughs> and my bag would be Weekend Warrior at the range. Nice. Um, this was today's, okay? Oh, no, I didn't go to the range today. This was yesterday's. Uh the drive you didn't give me, give me any fairway woods i i ditched them i don't i don't carry one I what actually, do you carry like nine clubs i have uh i actually have two 58 degree wedges one is the mira forge that i talked about and i also this is have, so internet golfer I, it is and i i omitted the other wedge that i carry uh, a 58 degree sure out from callaway because i am awful out of the bunker those things are pretty freaking cool though it's a cheater club that's what i call it because you have the internet golfer thing that's the right. other flip side of that would be that it's a club that helps you score better. Therefore, it works well. That's that's just not as fun to say, though. <laughs> uh, my bag from yesterday was I had a Callaway Epic driver with a handcrafted yellow Project X Hazardous yellow shaft. My I don't play a fairway wood. I actually play a second driver. Really? Yeah, my first driver is the stock length. My second one is cut to 44 inches. It's a Zexio Prime. It's a higher spin driver, and I can play it off the deck. So I can play it as a fairway wood, but let's be honest. If I'm 240 out, I have no business going for it anyway. But you're going to try. Uh, sometimes. It depends what's up there. Um, and I play that one with a custom shaft that uh, Don Brown at Project X made for me. It's green. It's got our logo on it. It's pretty neat. It's similar to a Project X hazardous red. Hmm. Uh, I play a – God, what is in my bag yesterday? <laughs> um, that's a really interesting question. Um, the next club would be a Great Big Bertha Heavenwood, Beautiful which was club. last year's. I don't. I, I had the Epic in there, and I. This sounds internet golferish. I hit it too far, so I went back to the Heavenwood version. It's kind of like a seven wood with a little longer shaft. It's there if I really need to get out of trouble, but I need to hit a long way. I don't use it a ton, but maybe once around it gets played, and I I can hit it off the tee pretty well if I need to. Perfect. From from there, I jump to a four hybrid and right now it is the cobra king oversize oh that's a great club and that it's that, that's one of the first rounds with it i was playing the callaway steelhead uh hybrid which is a rocket launcher for those who hit it it, it goes forever for a hybrid best one they've put out since the x2 hot it is a long long fair uh hybrid but i made a change because i wanted to try this one out hit it pretty darn well yesterday and then I have a – talk about your mixture of bags. My 5 and 6 iron are actually Cleveland Altitudes, really? which are, yeah, hollow body hybrid-looking irons from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I remember those fondly. Yeah. Um, and then 7 through approach – no, 7 through pitching wedge, I have Callaway Steelhead XR Pros. Very nice. My 50-degree wedge is a Cleveland RTX 3CB. Mm -hmm. Did you 50... go with the uh, oil can, or did you go with the... Uh... No, I'm a 
these ones are the the nickel like, satin finish. Nice. Um, and then I have a 54 and 58 RTX 3 uh, MB version, also satin. And then my putter right now is a Seymour FGP, the original, like right after the brass, the first black one they put out. Is And it's my first time using it yesterday. Those are Not great first putters. time ever. What's that? I said those are great putters. Yeah, it was my first time in a while using it. I had to go back to RST. I'd been using a Cure uh, before that. So you can see it's kind of a mixture brand bag, and it's kind of a anti-internet golfer bag. But I can say I just stocked my bag for going to the range tomorrow, and it's got 14 different clubs in it. And I just can't talk about those yet because they're pre-release. That's fancy. And it, that's it. What you know, Just you describing what you have in your bag, I think I counted eight or nine different brands. Yeah, it's something like that. Usually, usually I have four or five. Um, it really just depends on the mood. But this bag suited me pretty well yesterday, at least for nine holes. Um, and, I, and I like what I have. But uh, tomorrow I'm just going to the range. But I have 14 different clubs in there, and none of like I said, they they come out in a few weeks, and we'll have more information on that when they come. Are there anything that are imminent changes coming to your bag? Well, I. Uh... I'm wondering if I am going to find a de- different uh, hybrid. I would love to fill that gap. I don't need 258-degree wedges. Let's just be clear, folks. Like, I do not need two of them. I'm more than happy to ditch one of them. If I can find a hybrid, uh, maybe like a strong two hybrid or even like a strong three, somewhere in there, I've got a gap that if I wanted to go for a par five and two, I have to either muscle up on my, my, uh, my Mira hybrid or don't <laughs> you know so I, i'm maybe thinking of an addition in that regard do you find yourself after you hit your mirror hybrid raising a fist to the air and say oh forged by jesus the feel is amazing <laughs> every so often but uh usually my friends just uh look at me who am i kidding i have no friends no but the people i'm playing with uh look the other way and they just figure you know what this is what this guy's <laughs> gonna do how about yourself any any changes other than the uh, the 14 new that are coming in now <laughs> Um, <laughs> other than those. I don't know I you know I there's three boxes sitting next to me that haven't been opened yet so I can't say I, I could change before I actually go to the range you've changed twice in this conversation I think I, I maybe have it's contest time awesome we're gonna give away a brand new set of irons now we have a list that the winner can choose from they can have a set of tailor-made m2s they can have a set of Srixon Z565s. They can have a set of Callaway Steelhead XR Pros. They can have a set of Cobra King Oversize OS. Or, and this is a big or, if they're feeling risky, Ooh. they can roll the dice, and myself and Adam will send them a pre-release set of irons to person who wins, but we can't say the company or the irons, and it's completely dealer's choice. That is tempting. And I'm a gambler. What would you take? You know. <laughs> I'm what a gambler, would you take? man. I'm a gambler. Uh, You'd take the dealer's choice? I would have to go for it, man. I mean, just the 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 thought to have something. I mean, in what my if bag. we send like a set of US kids though? They don't know that though, JB. That's the whole thing. <laughs> but to be perfectly honest, I have no idea yet either. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, that's just it, the, the excitement behind having something, potentially having something in my bag that no one else does, that appeals to me because as you pointed out, I am the internet golfer. That is true. So here's what we'll do. To enter it, we'll make it really easy. All you have to do is send an email to admin at thehackersparadise.com. 
And in that email, you're going to give us this information. You're going to give us your full name, your shipping address, your Twitter handle. If you don't have one, give us uh, your Facebook page. And you're going to guess Adam's score at his next round and my score in my next round and combine the two. Therefore, if Adam goes out and shoots four under and he's playing a par 72, he would shoot 68. And I go out and I shoot 100, you would write down 168. Does that make I w- sense? I would also be a liar if I said that I shot 400. Well, it's the internet. You could say you shot anything you'd like. <laughs> that makes sense to me, JV. Yeah, you know, I mean, why, why not? So that's all they have to do is pick your score and my score. Send that in with the information we just said. Name, shipping address, and a way for us to contact you other than email because we like to make it public and brag for you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Just send that to admin at thehackersparadise.com, and we will announce a winner. you got to give us time to play. We'll, we'll be playing this weekend. So we'll announce a winner early next week. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great to me, and I think that's a fantastic contest, and someone's going to be extremely happy after listening to this episode. Should we give them, like, our handicaps? Do they need to know that? I'm comfortable sharing it if you are. Okay. Well, yeah, it's fairly common knowledge. What's your handicap? I, According to the USGA, I'm a 9. You're a 9. According to the USGA, I'm a 9.3, which, true story, my journey with my hellacious getting old and injuries started at 2.9, and in less than 18 months, I am a 9.3. <laughs> hellacious injuries. Well, I have this thing sticking out of my midsection that's a hernia. Oh, okay. I'm sorry so, to laugh. It was just a, a funny No, way. it's true, and it, it's funny. We have a video coming out for this THP sweep thing we did with Budget Golf. And in that video, you'll see me running, and you will see it sticking right out of my midsection for those that are into disgusting things. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. I get reminded by my wife all the time and every golf company we work with, like, hey, maybe you should get that taken care of. But, you know, cuts yeah. into my lying around time. Yeah, when do you have time? you got to test all these clubs. Exactly. So we hope you enjoyed this show. It's, like we said, a little chocolate meets peanut butter in a weird and wacky kind of way of the golf industry uncut and golf unfiltered. Adam, can you tell everybody where they're going to be able to catch your next show or what your next show is going to be about and where they can find it? You can find the Golf Unfiltered podcast on iTunes, uh, Android, anywhere that you find or subscribed to your favorite podcasts. And we are getting a few guests lined up. Uh, I actually, uh, I don't know, you may know this gentleman, JB. I actually just uh, watched a new documentary by my friend Cristo Garcia, who uh, is a very well-known person on YouTube for... uh, remodeling his golf swing after the great Ben Hogan. Uh, he, wrote, he just made a new documentary called Mr. Hogan, which I watched yesterday, and he's going to be on the next show, uh, which I hope to do, and I hope to be a little bit more regular now with a schedule uh, at least once a week, and I'll have him on next week. They recommend fiber for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I need to uh, get more involved in that as well. Um, that's great. So they'll be able to check that out. And you can always find all of Adam's shows on the THP mobile app, as well as the hackersparadise.com and THP radio again on iTunes, Google play. And just like Adam said, anywhere else you get your podcasts, each one of his shows will be featured there. The THP mobile app, hundred percent completely free, no upcharges, no nothing. Just a great place to find video content and uh, podcasts anytime you like them. And they, it gets updated every day. So for myself and Adam, we hope you enjoyed the new show. Bye, everybody.